Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. There is so much going on. Um, when, you're, when, you are a, when you are a student of the Bible and uh, a child of God, and you're seeking, every day you're seeking God's will in your life, you are barraged with a flurry of input from so many different places. So many times I have to stop and kind of say to the Lord, okay, whoa, slow down. You know, let, let, let me digest, let me digest what's going on, okay? God has a great interest in our lives. And so many times I think we, even as Christians, we underestimate the power of God in our lives. And we underestimate God's desire to be involved in our lives. And even though we are Christians, sometimes we kind of forget that God is, is we think that God is some far off entity, you know, just kind of floating through the universe. And that God is not intimately involved with your life, you know. And so we kind of flounder sometimes and we wonder. There's so much going on in the world today that we need to be prepared for what kind of input that we're getting and how we are guiding our lives and how we are let our lives be guided. More importantly, how we let our lives be be influenced. Um, There's such a difficulty, and what I've heard Holy Spirit saying to me is that there's such difficulty in people hearing my voice and understanding my voice. And many times we as Christians, we feel so comfortable in the fact that we are indeed going to church and that we're reading the Bible, that we overlook the fact that God is speaking to us. We overlook the fact that God talks to us, you know. Um, We often... We often wonder, uh, well, how am I supposed to get direction? Or how am I supposed to know what to do with my life? Well, God speaks to you. And one of the first questions you have to ask yourself and answer yourself really honestly is, and I'm not saying for a show of hands, but to ask yourself honestly, really, really honestly, do you believe that God talks to you? Do you really believe it? Okay, I don't mean theoretically, you know, or philosophically. I mean, do you really believe that God speaks to you? Do you really believe that God can speak? You know, if someone was to ask you, do you believe that Pastor Cobb can talk? I mean, I'm sure most of you would say, yes, we do believe that. We can hear him, okay? Well, ask yourself, do you believe that God can really speak? And do you really believe that God can speak to you? You see? And many times, believe it or not, over the many years of being in ministry, you know, I will hear philosophical discussions coming from Christians, you know, where they say, we believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and so on like that. We believe that God is active in your life. And you say, well, do you believe that God speaks to the pastor? Do you believe that God talks to you? And they will look and they will look at you kind of strangely. Is it audibly as a voice? I say, well, do you believe that God speaks to you in any form that he chooses to speak to you? To speak to you? And you'd be surprised how many Christians at that point when I asked that question, well, all of a sudden get kind of a distant look. And like there seems to be a breakdown where they will believe the Bible, so they say. They'll believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, so they say. They believe that Jesus died for our sins, so they say. When it comes down to something more and more intimate, like God literally speaking to you, all right, they kind of wonder about that. All right? So everything today that we're going to be talking is about God speaking to you and those voices that you hear. Because as Christians, so many times we hear voices that we think are of God. And we wind up guiding and acting out our lives based on those voices. And those voices are not necessarily always from God. Okay? So the first question is, if you believe that God really does talk to you, you know, and you really believe that you can hear him, 
then the question is then if you don't physically see God, you know, sitting in front of you, how do you know it's God that's talking to you? How do you know that that voice that you hear is, is indeed from God? We have to be so careful to whom we listen. There is so much deception in the world today that it isn't funny. And I'm not getting political here again, even though it seems like every Sunday we wind up touching on something that's near there. Because I'm in in 501c3, not-for-profit, I'm not threatening any of that because I'm not telling anybody who to vote for. All I'm simply saying here is that in these times of deception, you need to be very, very careful about to whom you are listening. All right? Um, There is so much nonsense and so much deception going on in the world, you see. And the troublesome thing is that... That there is that deception not only coming from voices in the world, so to speak, there's deception coming from voices within the church, I'm sad to say. I'm saddened to say. But there are deceptive voices even within the church. All right? And we're going to go through scriptures that support that. So I'm not just talking out of the top of my head here. You see? But there's a lot of deception and there's a lot of out and out lies that are being told. All right? If you are really, really operating with a spirit of, of this discernment, Holy Spirit will have you listen to someone speaking, and you will know intuitively, for want of a better word, you will know intuitively that what that person is saying is not true. And you won't fall hook, line, and sinker for what's being said. Regardless of the eloquence of their speech, I mean, Adolf Hitler was an eloquent speaker. He took a whole nation and drove it to destruction. Okay, Mussolini, and you go through history, and there were many other dictators that were eloquent speakers. But none of the, it seemed like the people that were listening did not have the discernment, or if God was talking to them and telling them to beware, they weren't listening. So today we're going to talk about and think about and read on how do we discern God's voice and how do we know, separate his voice from others. God gives us direction and then others many times can tell us what to do. God will give us direction and then many other times others will come in and tell you what to do. Those others can be family, it can be friends, okay, it can be someone on the job, it can be someone in the neighborhood, someone in the church sitting next to you, you know. I've I've told you many, many times that over the years being in in various ministries where you'll sit and you'll listen to a very good um, sermon coming from the pulpit and then you're gathered outside together in a parking lot and people are talking and they're saying, did you hear what pastor said? He said so and so and so and so. You look at him and you say, I didn't hear that at all. I didn't hear him say that at all. You see? So right even within the church, the devil can take your ears and have you mishear what is being said. Or even worse, what is being said from the pulpit is not in line with God's word. So how do you, how do you, how do you tell? Here I commit myself to spending two or three hours in church on Sunday going to hear a message. And I'm going there under the assumption that the message is going to be based on God's word. Okay? But how do you know that if you don't have Holy Spirit speaking to you or if you don't have discernment? Okay, because we will see not based on my words, based on the the word of God. Just because you're, I dare some people on the Internet are going to hear this when they play the podcast. Oh, my gosh. You know, what is he saying? But you go into a church even. And if you're not hearing the true word of God, you could wind up making decisions based on that word. Okay, already. I remember someone. Who's, uh, who had a relative that was very, very ill, very, very ill, on the deathbed, went to a church and someone gave a prophecy over the person's life and said, that person will live. This will happen, this will happen, and this will happen. Guess what? The person died. Okay, as a result of that false prophecy, as a result of that false utterance in a church, the person was totally wrecked and fell totally away from God. 
So how do we discern what we're hearing? Okay? And I always say to you too, because I'm not saying this as a, as a, as a commercial, but I say, I say also, and I've said this for many years, if you ever hear anything coming from this pulpit that is not in line with the Word of God, then I urge you to speedily run and simply pray. Please pray. Please pray. Amen. Pray for me. But in accordance with the word of God here, let's go to 1 John. You see, because we've got to be so careful here because self, self starts telling us some things. Self will start telling us some things also that will oftentimes sound like the word of God. So self starts telling you and you start wondering who's that talking. And, uh, and how do I know who's talking and how do you listen? Well, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. One John chapter two verse fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that he all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now just to pause there for a moment, it says in verse number 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Many times we will hear a voice, and this is where we're talking about the voice of self. We will hear a voice telling us that something is good, something is the right thing to do, indeed this is God. And we have to be careful because we, we live in the world, even though we are children of God, we exist in this world today. So what happens is that the lust lust of life, the lust of the eyes, things that appear to be pleasing to us will seem like it's good for us and therefore this is God telling me that I should do this, okay? I mean, if I'm really in love with that little red sports car I talk about so much and everything, right? And I just really see this sports car in that, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, in that card, card show there, the car, uh, what do you call it, the floor the, in the store, <laughs> in the dealership, thank you. And I see this car in the dealership, all right? And I go, you know, and, and I've been wanting this car, I mean, I just love the way it looks, it's so jazzy, you know, listening. and boy, and I can swear, and I can say, Lord, pray, you know, can I get that car, you know, and then I go by and I look at it, and I fall in love with that car every time I see it. I may all of a sudden start thinking, God is telling me to buy that car, okay, because it's the lust of the eyes, okay, I want this thing so badly, you see. So many times, the things that, I, the things that we want badly in life, you know, when we're praying about it, if we're not careful to check the things we're going to be talking about, it could very much sound like Jesus is this is God telling me to go get that red car. In the meantime, I've got a million bills and there's other much better things that that money could be put to. You see, but the lust of life and the lust of the eyes in many times and the pride of life in verse 16 is not of the Father but is of the world. Okay? So one again of our checkpoints here, we're looking for litmus test checkpoints, things that we hear and things that we think whether or not it's God, the lust of the world, the things that we want in this world, which is nothing wrong with wanting things in this world, but what I'm saying to you is that just don't confuse what you want and something you would love to have being with, uh, confuse it with what God is telling you to do. Alright? Because many, many times the things that we want will always seem like it's good for us. Okay? And because we think it's good for us, right away we think God therefore would want me to have it. 
Okay, okay, alrighty. I love the taste of strawberry shortcake. It doesn't mean if I pray about it, I'm going to believe that God is telling me to go eat a whole strawberry shortcake simply because I like it. Alright, you see the point? Right. Okay, because I want, yeah, share it, <laughs> share it. Uh, you see, so that, you see the point that, I, that I'm making? Something that you want so much that you think is good for you, you can wind up confusing as being God telling you it's okay to do it. Verse number 18 continues and says, little children, it is the last time as ye have, um, it is the last time as you have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is uh, the last time. They went out from us, okay, underline they went out from us, because what this means is here, they went out from us doctrinally. In other words, what they believed, they went out from us. They, they um, got away from the true, the true doctrines of God, of, of, of Christ. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us, all of us, all right? So what this is saying is that, and if you stop and think, many of you, maybe some of you can, the longer you're alive and the more you've been in church and in various ministries, you can understand what the Bible here is saying. But you can have people that are part of a church, any church, and everything is so up and up and everything is so great, all right? And you know that these are strong, God-fearing people. Then all of a sudden, as the months goes by, something happens, and then all of a sudden you notice a shift. You notice a shift. I remember there was a time in the ministry that we were in, all of a sudden the music started changing. There was a shift in the music, alrighty? And the, the, the pillars of the church, so to speak, the old timers that were there, that sat in the front rows, the real, real strong Christians, all of a sudden they started kind of moving in a way that you don't move in church. And then all of a sudden the discussion, the, the, the sermon started shifting, okay? So what it was was that no one there no one there um, dismissed Jesus. No one said that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. But the doctrine changed. All of a sudden it started going off to a place that was not where God was intending it to go. And people started buying in and buying into that, buying into that. And then ultimately what happened, there was a, there was a split in the church. Literally it was a split. Those that fell into that thing stayed. Those that recognized and had discernment to see what was happening, they left. They left because they knew that this was not of God. This is what, this, what the Word of God is saying. God is warning that, that they were with us, or so they said, but then they went out from us, meaning that their doctrine changed. But then it says, but if they were really, really with us, then they wouldn't have left us, okay? So what I'm saying to you is that if you are really, really strongly grounded in the Word of God, if you really, really, really are a child of God and you're grounded, then you will not be swayed by a shift of doctrine where it says, but they went out from us. All right? And he says, if they were really with us, they wouldn't have gone out from us. You follow what I'm saying there? Okay? So if you see schisms and things like this developing, then it's time for you to really start thinking. Let Holy Spirit minister to you and guide you. All right, Lord, what is happening here? What is happening? And everything that happens, then, you need to check with the Word of God. You gotta bounce it off the word of God, alright? Because it is such a subtle change. It is such a subtle change. Okay? Now, I will just give you, give you just a little, little bit more on this, um, with the music. Many of us have seen Christian dance. You've seen how, you've seen the praise dancing done in many churches. That is, there's nothing wrong with that, alright? I mean, it's people praising God, they do almost like a, a ballet kind of movement or so. There's nothing wrong with that. The Jewish people dance. 
When you see dancing all of a sudden, where there's a lot of pelvic movement and a lot of humping and hunching and going on, like you would see in a discotheque someplace, that is not, not, not in accordance with the way we should be worshiping God. You see little things like that change. Then you see the types of music starting to change, where there's more and more worldly kind of music being changed. It's a subtle change where people just shift. Then all of a sudden the message starts changing, and all of a sudden there's, there's excuses made for, for sinning. Okay, you've heard this whole grace, this whole grace um, discussion and dispute that's going on. Because there's grace, you can just sin and sin and sin and sin because God's going to forgive you. So you, it's okay for you to sin. Okay, that's a shift in doctrine. All right, God forgives us, but nowhere in the Bible does God say it's okay for you to sin. All right, God says if you sin, 1 John 1 9 says you can come and you can repent and I'll be faithful to forgive. But does not say you have license to sin. So you start seeing shifts in doctrine. This is where they went out from us. But if they were really with us, they would not have gone out from us. All right. Again, what are we talking about here? Voices. Voices. What voices do I listen to and who, and who do I follow? Um, going back to uh, 19 real quick again. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Uh, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you knew all things. You know all things. Underline verse 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. So if you're in the midst of that that's going on, then Holy Spirit that is in you will give you an unction. You all of a sudden, you'll start feeling in my spirit, something's not right here. You know, this is not in line with God's word. All right? And you would not swallow it hook, line, and sinker. It goes on to say, I have not written unto you um, because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Who is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son? Whosoever denies the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. That these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Okay, underline the word seduce you. Alright? You know, and how, and how seductive that um, call is because People that have shifted off and have started going off astray like this and are following other paths, they want others to come in and join and be a part of that. And so it is, it is a seduction. It is, it is kind of a seduction because they'll want to get you involved in the same thing. They want you to, to adapt and adopt to what they're doing. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. Please underline that. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you and you need not that any man teach you. Please in the line. And you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie and has even uh, and and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Please highlight all of that. But in, ver- in uh, the first part of 27 there, um, the anointing which you have received of him, that you need not that any man teach you. Okay? Now, my purpose up, up here is to read the Word of God. And in praising and opening service and asking God to join us, that there's an anointing, that your eyes and your spirits are open to receive God's Word, okay? And I am merely reading to you what God's Word says, okay? I'm reading to you from the Bible, okay? 
But the deeper things of God, the deeper things of Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, okay? I can, I can walk you through and read with you what they're saying. And as Holy Spirit works in me to interpret what they're saying, okay? But the one that does the teaching, hear what I'm saying? The one that does the teaching is Holy Spirit, okay? There's no man that can teach you anything, all right? So the minute they start saying to you that I can, I can um, uh, 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 teach you how to be, how to interpret tongues, I can teach you how to heal, Okay, I can teach you to do that the gifts of spirit is talking about. No man can teach you that. All right. And to take it a step further, even some, they will start charging. If you just join this club, you join this, you join, I will teach you. And you know what? If you don't get it right the first time, you just keep applying the lesson. Keep applying the lesson that you learned in that class and you learn how to heal. You learn how to prophesy. That is so bogus. No man can teach you the gifts of the spirit. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? He can teach you what the Word of God says about the gifts of the Spirit. But the real unction, the real guidance concerning the gifts of the Spirit can only come from Holy Spirit. Alright? So if you're in an environment where all of a sudden they start talking along those lines, then that is not in line with God's Word. So it's again, it's something where you need to have the discernment to say, "Uh uh-oh, this is folly. This is folly. Okay? Alright? So again, we're talking about how do I discern... Which voices that I'm hearing are right. Because if you follow the wrong voices, you're on a path to destruction. Okay? No man can teach you the deep things of God. Alright? Alright? Okay? Uh, it says, it says, so now in moving from there, so if we, if we have enough in us already to know what to do, then why do we stumble? Why do we get discouraged? Where are we going wrong? If we know how to read the Word of God, if we know how to follow the Word of God, if we know how to hear what God is teaching us and telling us, where is it that we're going wrong? It's because we don't know who we're hearing from and we don't know to whom we should listen. Alright? You hear so many voices, you know? You hear one person saying this, you hear another person saying that. And in your mind you're saying, well, gee whiz, that, that sounds like God. That's, I, I think something like that I read in the Word of God. Um, the way that person says it, it makes sense to me. All right? Okay? But what is our final barometer? Our final barometer should always be actually the Word of God. And we should always be asking ourselves, who's talking? Who's talking? All right? If all of a sudden someone says you should run for the President of the United States... Maybe that's a bad occupation to choose right now. <laughs> okay? But all of a sudden someone tells, says that you should go and you should do this, and it sounds like a good thing. How do you know who's telling you that? Okay? Is it something that you would just like to do because of lust of the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, that you would want yourself lifted up to be made famous? Is that the reason that you're hearing that and it sounds good? You know? You know? Someone says to you, oh, well, God told me that you're going to be this and you're going to be that. But yet still, nothing in your spirit ever told you that you should be this or be that. Don't you think God would speak to you first? I mean, if you're listening anyway, you have some unction, the word unction, you have some unction in your spirit that I'm leading down this path. Okay? All right? God was drawing me into ministry, and I thought that was the last thing that I should be doing or wanted to do. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to party anymore. <laughs> you know? The last thing, Okay? But there was that unction, deep down inside in the quiet of night, when there were no other voices. I knew, all right? Okay, but then God started talking to others and was confirming what I was hearing. 
Alright? So, when you're hearing those voices, how do you know to whom you should listen? Now, God knew that would be an issue. That's why he warned us. God knew that we as human beings would be caught in this midst of good and evil. Where God is calling us to do something. Where God is literally speaking to us. But there would be these other voices. Okay? Again, family, friends, relatives. Alright? Okay? We need to try the spirits. Um, John, did I do John 4? John 4. 1 John 4. Okay? 1 John 4. We live in such challenging times and these are such vital things to know and to understand because on a day-by-day basis, you know, the thing about it is that, and if we're we're really honest, you know, we'll hear something and we'll feel like this is a good thing for me to do, it's a good suggestion, you know, and let's be real about it. I mean, we don't always stop and think, who's that talking to me? (laughs) You know, look, who's who's that? All right, what voice is that? Okay, we don't always do that, all right? But we as children of God need to get to the place that we are so conditioned that when we start hearing things, especially if it's something dealing with your future, something dealing with your family, with anyone that you love, with a good friend or whatever, especially when it's something dealing with those areas of your life, you need to check what you're hearing. Okay, so 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Please highlight and put a, a bracket around that scripture. But underline it in particular, try the spirits, whether they are of God. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children. You are of God, little children. You are of God, little children. And have overcome them, because, underline, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All right? Now, now I know every single time when I'm praying and I'm going through my list after I'm praying in the spirit and things that have come to mind you know I'm always binding up and I'm rebuking and so forth and in those areas where I know uh, it's it's an opposition to me or an area that I'm struggling with okay in my prayer time I will in rebuking Satan the enemy or whatever that particular spirit I'm praying against I will say in the name of Jesus because greater is he the spirit of the living God that is in me than you foul spirit that's in this world okay The Spirit of God that is in you is greater than any spirit that would try to come against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Alright? But you've got to know that and you've got to believe it. Alright? In in, in verse number 1 there where it says, I can't overemphasize, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. You know? You have someone say something to you and I don't care what the setting is and you just swallow it hook, line, and and sinker. Amen? Try the spirits. Alright? You have someone come up to you and starts prophesying over you or starts saying, this is what I, I know about you. God showed me this for you. God said this. Thing. Or whatever the, the, the storyline may be. Try that spirit. Try it. Amen? Don't go take hook, line, and sinker. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So that means the Holy Spirit that is in you is greater than that lying, deceiving spirit who would be coming to you trying to puff you up or whatever they may be doing or trying to discourage you or tear you down. 
to do something otherwise than what God is telling you to do. Amen? Try the spirits. Just don't believe it, you know? Boy, I've got a great red sports car for you, Michael. Boy, oh boy, guess what? Only $1,000. You think I'm not going to try that spirit? Okay? Alright? Okay? Obviously for a number of reasons. I mean, right away, looking at the price. Okay? Well, the same way we'd use enough wisdom and challenge something like that, we should be challenging things that come into our lives in terms of other people, you know, saying what God is, is, has in mind for you or anything else that may be wrong. Go to, to James 3. The book of James, chapter 3. James 3. We're talking about voices here. So we know that the same way you can hear God's voice, you can also hear the voice of the devil. Okay? Because he will certainly, he will certainly speak to you. You know? And you have to bear in mind also that um, when you came to the Lord and you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior... Um, well, let me start even before that. Being that you are a human being, created in God's image, not my word, the word of God says, right away the fact that you're a human being, there's a target on your back. Okay? Satan would love to kill off all of God's prime creation. Man. Okay? So there's a, there's a, there's a target on your back. When you give yourself to Jesus and you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you become born again, but guess what? That target on your back that may have been this size all of a sudden grows to this big. Okay? And you accept Jesus Christ because now all of a sudden you are more of a threat to the devil than you were before. Before you came to the Lord, the devil kind of rests back and sit. well, he doesn't know the Lord or doesn't even want to know the Lord, so I can get him or get her anytime I want. That's no problem. The minute you become aware of who he is, who the enemy is, then the target on you gets larger because of the fact that now he knows he's got to step up plans to try to take you out because you're going to come against him and you're going, going to defeat him. All right, so he starts talking to you and he starts speaking all sorts of things to you. So in James chapter 3... Starting with verse 14. But if you have bitter envying envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For, uh, For every envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Please underline where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Okay? So the operative words there that I want you to see is uh, verse number 16, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Alright? So you hear this voice talking to you, telling you this is what you should do. This is what I saw for your life. This is where you're heading. Or you've got this thought, gee, this is a good thing for me to do. This is a good person for me to marry. This is a good this. This is a good that. This is a good school for me to attend. All right. But in the carrying out of that um, thing or voice that you've heard, there's nothing but confusion. Things don't seem to be working out. You gotta struggle and you gotta struggle, you gotta struggle to make this thing that you think God has told you to accomplish come to pass. It's a struggle. Everything that you try to do, it just kind of blows up. 
you know. Or you thought you were heading over here, you know, someone says, or, uh, um, yeah, 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 the, the bus downtown, you know, comes at, you know, 10.02 or whatever like that. And then you get down there and the bus really came at 9.30, you know, and all that. Well, he told me this and that. Then when you get to the place that you're going to carry out this thing that you heard this voice tell you, all of a sudden the, the company moved, you know. I mean, everything that you do, everything that you're trying to do is just not working out. Well, I thought you said, oh, no, I meant to, t- oh, gee, did I tell you that? I meant to tell you this. And there's nothing but confusion surrounding you. And you'll find some people like that. I refuse to be around them because I remember every time I see that, I know what the Word of God says. And I, I spot that in a heartbeat. Okay? Where there's confusion, where there's no peace. God is certainly not there. God is not the author of confusion. Okay? So if God is prophesying something into your life to happen or saying, this is what I want you to do with your life. I want you to develop this business. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. And everything surrounding you taking that action, there's nothing but confusion and strife and people are bickering. That's not God. It simply is not God. Okay? You see? But because of the fact, perhaps, that voice of yourself that was speaking to you, okay? The red car. Sounds like such a good idea. But in my trying to buy that red car, everything goes wrong. My credit, which I know had a good rating, all of a sudden there's some flaw in the reporting system, comes back, it's like I got a rating of two, you know, whatever. <laughs> you, you, you know, the guy's got all of the wrong information. The car's the wrong model when it comes into the show. I mean, all of this confusion and whatnot, okay? Then it's time to say, oh, all right, maybe I better back away from this deal, okay? How many have tried to buy something online? Amazon. Every place you look, there's a conflict or something here, something there, the price, or they just sold out, or whatever, whatever. It's like, oh, maybe, I, I, maybe I shouldn't try to get that thing. Because there have been times that I pushed, and guess what? The thing came to me, and it was broken and busted. Like, I won't lie to you, okay? You see? So even little things like that in your life, where there, is often, or where there is confusion and strife and things, and bickering where people are involved, God is not the author of that. So that's one way to separate out, is this voice that I'm hearing telling me to do this, is that of God, or is it coming from someplace else? Okay? So we see a couple of things here so far. Voices, how do I separate that? Voice of self, okay, is one. The devil himself speaking to you, all right, where he's telling you something and there's nothing but confusion in there. Let's go to Romans, the book of Romans. Praise the living God. Book of Romans, Romans 8, page is so thin. Okay, Romans 8, and we want to do verse, verse 15. Okay. Verse 14, verse 14, Romans 8, 14. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be we that suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. Again, the main, the main scriptures there are 14 and 15. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. Unto fear. You, uh, but we have received the spirit of adoption where we cry out the Father. So again now, the voices that you're hearing that's telling you to do something, if there's all of a sudden so much fear and so much doubt in there in you doing what this voice is telling you to do, what you think is hearing telling you to do, then that's something that you need to think about because God is not going to have you to do something or say, this is what I want you to do, and then give you fear to carry it out. Amen? Amen? So if you're, fearing, you're feeling this fear and this doubt, then it's time for you to also to stop and check your actions. Okay, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling, okay? And God will either confirm that this is what I want you to do and remind you that the fear that you're seeing is because the devil is trying to prevent you from doing it. So he's trying to instill fear in you from carrying it out, okay? But it's time for you to stop and pause. Just don't swallow it hook, line, and sinker. All right? You know? There are so many voices out there that are trying to get your attention. You, you, you know, some is, is the devil himself, and the others many times are just people who want you to do what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? They don't want you to do what you want to do. You may be following what you know is God is telling you to do, but this voice will come to you through this other person and tell you something entirely different. Mm-hmm. Alright? So whose agenda is that? Alright? Which one, which one are you going to willingly follow? Alright, the other thing here where you know it's not God is that uh, um, what you're hearing or the voice that you're hearing negates God's word. I won't have you go there, but you know in Genesis chapter 3 where the, the serpent is talking to Eve there. And Eve says, God said, we shall not eat of this tree, the fruit of this tree. And the devil says, well, should you? Did that? Is that what God really said? He did. What it is, he just doesn't want you to be as smart as him, okay? So again, this is not a devil is negating God's word. So this voice that you're hearing, if it's telling you to do something that's not in line with God's word, you definitely need to run in the other direction. You need to get away from it as quickly uh, as quickly as you can. The other one we see here in, in uh, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 1 Samuel chapter 17 1 chapter 17 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 26 Okay, and we know the story here and these events here, I won't say story, but these events that are shown here are, are, are clearly uh, indicative of what we can see if we stop and think about it in our own lives, where some of you may have actually had experiences like this. But verse number 20, this is the whole business with David and Goliath. And in verse 26 it says, And David spake to the men that, David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what shall be done to the, man, to the man that kills this Philistine, meaning Goliath, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, saying um, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And, and Eliab, his eldest brother, his relative, Eliab, his eldest brother, 
heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. This is his brother now, kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Is there a reason? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again with the former manner. And when he spoke, and when the words were heard which David spoke, they rehearsed them before Saul. They went and told them to Saul. And he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine. Please underline. Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for thou art but a youth and he has a man of war and he a man of war from his youth underlining he a man of war from his youth and David said unto Saul thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock and I went out after him and smote him and delivered it uh, out of his mouth and when he arose against me I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him thy servant slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Alright? So here, he had an unction in his spirit to go in to fight Goliath. And who discourages him? First, it starts with his brother. His own brother tells him, you're nothing but a shepherd, you're doing this, and you're unworthy to even, how can you even do that? Okay? Then he goes to Saul. And the king says, well, you won't be able to do this. You're such a little puny guy, and this is a big old, you know, warrior from going way back. Well, so it can happen in our lives, too. God has given you an unction to go and do something, and the first, the first thing that happens is that someone starts telling you that you're unable to do it. You're not qualified. You don't have the degree. You don't have the years of experience. You don't know this, you don't know that, you'll never be able to carry this out. You see, again, that's the discouragement. So do you follow what that voice says? David ended up by saying here, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. So when that comes to you and someone is saying that, this is where you, as a child of God, need to focus back on how God brought you through some other difficult experience that you, that you had. There are many things in our lives that God has brought us through. So when we start hearing voices of discouragement, you need to stop and think back and remember, well, this is how God brought me through that other instance. This is how God brought me through that other circumstance. And getting here, in, in closing here, when, when self speaks, we can be led astray because we want something so badly. That's what I was saying before. And let's just go quickly to James. The book of James. James 1. James chapter 1, and we'll just do, start with this, uh, verse number 2. James 1, verse number 2. Praise God. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, various temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Okay, so this is talking about here that when we are hit with various challenges in life, to count it in life, to count it as joy, count it with joy, because, you know, through these trials and tribulations, we develop patience. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and up Rateth not, and it shall be given to him. Just let me just pause there for a moment. Um, if you remember, I think Brother Brandon mentioned it in one of his messages there when our um, 
when it was Solomon, I believe it was, that was praying. And uh, uh, he didn't ask for things for other people. He just asked for help in, in, in leading the kingdom. God said, because you did not ask for, how to, 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 for things for yourself, but for wisdom on how to do things, God said, I will bless you. I will bless you. So one of the first things that we need to always be asking of God, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom, Lord, to, to separate out this voice that I'm hearing, if you're uncertain. God, give me wisdom to separate out what it is that I'm hearing. All right? If you're not able through the word of God and through listening to Holy Spirit and through reading scripture to discern whether or not this voice that you're hearing telling you to do something or not to do something, you can't discern where it's coming from, then you need to pray to God and ask for wisdom. Lord, give me some wisdom on how to handle this situation. Is this you that I'm hearing? Should I take this action? Lord, I'm feeling in my spirit a lot of confusion here that's going on. There's a lot of strife. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in this. I don't believe this is of you. So you're asking God for wisdom to show you and to guide you and to guide you on what needs, needed to be, needs to be done. All right? It goes on to say, if any of you, uh, verse 5 again, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Again, this all takes faith. Nothing wavering, underline, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Put a highlight around all of verse number 6 and underline nothing wavering. He that wavering is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind. You can't have faith today while you're sitting in church and you're all pumped up. And then Monday morning when things start coming against you all of a sudden you start losing your faith. Alright? You've got to have faith regardless of what the circumstances may show. You've got to keep that faith. One that has faith today and no faith tomorrow is like what it says, like the wind. You're just blowing back and forth. You know, and, and we see that if you stop and think about it, I'm sure we all know someone that's like that. One minute you talk to them and they're all pumped up and they're all puffed up and they're happy and giddy and everything is going fine. And then the next day you pick up the phone, you call them, whatever. How are you? Huh? How are you? You know, what's the matter? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay, bye. Click. You, what, what, you know, what's going on, you know? And then if you manage to call the person back or they call you back and you talk and you dig a little bit, it's that same thing that he or she was expecting yesterday, and they were all pumped up about it. Oh, man, yeah, man, I'm going to do so-and-so and so-and-so. The Lord should that, 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 that. And then the next day, all of a sudden, what happened? What happened? Okay, you see? That's wavering faith. That's wavering faith. Okay? What probably happened, from the time you talked to the person last and they were happy, they got a phone call, or they saw their brother, their sister-in-law, or somebody, and somebody said something discouraging to them. Okay? Therefore, what they had faith for yesterday, all of a sudden, where's their faith? Okay? You see? Voices, 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 voices. Be careful who you listen to. Voices, voices, okay? It goes on to say that after, after driven uh, with the wind and tossed, verse number 7, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Woo! Under line number 7 there. Okay? And let's read through 6 to 7 so it's, it's continuous. Let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let, for let not that man or person think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So if you're that person that one day you're all pumped up in faith, then the next day you're all down and, and you're wavering back and forth, and this God is saying you, you're not going to receive anything from him. And why is that? Because faith is not something that is spotty. Faith is continuous. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith. Now faith is the substance of 
Okay, now faith, meaning continuous faith. Doesn't mean faith yesterday and, and, and then to, tomorrow, no faith. Amen? Amen? It says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Please underline that. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay? All right? So again, now, that's tying back and forth. You're being double-minded is that I was all pumped up in faith on Sunday for this thing that was going to happen. Then all of a sudden, I started hearing this voice, either voice of self, voice of the devil, or whatever it may be, and it's not of God. Then all of a sudden, my faith is wavering. I'm losing faith in God. That's being double-minded. Being double-minded. You know? As a matter of fact, that's a check valve for all of us as Christians. Where we should get in the habit. If one day you're feeling all pumped up about something and you're feeling good, then all of a sudden the next day you're not feeling good about something, about anything, you should stop and do some, get into some prayer and say, Lord, what's happening here? Why am I vacillating between happiness and joy, you know, to, to, share, to, to share, you know, desperation and feeling desolate and so on? What's going on here? Amen, amen, amen. Doesn't mean every single day that you get up, you jump up, and you jump into your slippers and run into the bathroom. And you're brushing your teeth and you're singing songs all out. I'm not saying that. You know, you got like, like Looney Tunes cartoon, you're just bouncing around and spinning around. One day, the next minute, you're dragging like a slug. Okay? But what I'm saying that in life, really two, two extremes here I want you to show. But what I'm saying here in life, there are times that we all wake up, we all feel more joyous about something. Another time, you may feel a bit down. Okay? That's normal. But what I'm saying is that if there's a radical, a drastic difference, and it's really hitting, you need to stop and pray and ask the Lord. Lord, what's going on here? Show me. Show me. You know, why am I feeling so, so oppressed all of a sudden? Okay? All right? So you see, double-minded man is a sign of instability. When God speaks, the good part now, when God speaks to us, there's an inward knowing. When God is speaking to you, there's an inward knowing. You know in your spirit that this is right. Okay? Now, when you're speaking, it also has that feeling this is right because unless you have some some psychological issues very rarely will you want something for yourself that is harmful or detrimental okay so therefore what you want for yourself will feel good but when God is speaking not only will it feel good but it will be in line with his word it will be in line with his word it won't be negating his word it won't be telling you to, to you, won't, you won't feel fear in doing this, amen, amen, you won't have any doubts, you'll know that this is what God wants me to do. Okay, already, already? And then even, even, you know, when you're hearing God speaking and it sounds right and it feels good, you then say, okay, Lord, this is what I think I hear you telling me. And therefore, based on what I think I hear you telling me, what I feel, these are the actions I'm going to take. I'm going to step out and I'm going to start this journey. Okay? Because it feels right. And it's in line with his word. You've read the scriptures and God is certainly not telling you anything to do. You know, God tells you to go and rob a bank. That is not going to the six. That is not in line with his words. Sorry. That's, that's not, in line, not in line with his word. Amen. Where does it tell you? You know, the Bible clearly says thou shalt not steal. So don't think that God's going to, oh, I'm, I'm going to cheat on my taxes or do this or do that. It's not in line with God's word. Okay. And then lastly here, the last scriptures I promise you go to John, the gospel of John. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, 
verse 24. Okay. John 10, verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. Please underline verse 27. My sheep, my sheep know my voice, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto you, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me, or gave them to me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Okay? So understand that clearly. Understand that clearly. In verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. You should know Jesus' voice. Amen? You should know the difference. Okay? The minute that you get to the point where you've got such a discernment, the minute you start hearing something from someone telling you to do something or with a whole lot of promises and so forth, you know intuitively this is not Jesus speaking. This is not Jesus speaking. Okay? Okay? By their fruits you, you shall know them. You shall know them. And, and it says there that, that, that you cannot be plucked out of God's hand. Real quickly, uh, while we're in John, just go to John 16. John 16. Okay. Verse number 12. John 16, verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them right now. You cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. Please, in the line, He will guide you unto all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever you shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Please in the line. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, therefore, I, uh, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and he shall show it unto you. A little while, then you shall not see me, and again, a little while, you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Okay? Alright, so the main things there are, uh, is that in verse number 3, Howbeit when he said, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Please underline that, he will guide you into all truth. Okay? The Holy Spirit is there to guide you into all truth. So therefore, you should not be so easily deceived. Easily uh, deceived, you know. You know, and 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 the 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 problem is why why there is so much in Scripture, and I'm just I just scratched the surface here, enough to cover in a, in a church service, but I could do a whole Bible teaching on this subject. The reason that this is so much in there is that. Um, we Christians tend to always wind up uh, seeking a sign. Seeking a sign. Mm-hmm. We want to go someplace where we're going to see some evidence of things just happening and jumping. You know, Scripture talks about our, um, in the end times, just because someone says, Jesus is here, Jesus is there, do not go. Mm-hmm. 
okay, because I'm not there, you know. But we, we, we run around seeking signs. Let me go here because I want to hear a word. Or let me go here because I wanted this, I wanted that. Instead of saying, let me go to worship God, okay. The first and foremost job, responsibility that we as Christians have is to worship God. If we're seeking and worshiping God first, and that's all we want to do, then he'll guide us, he'll lead us to where he wants us to be, what he wants us to do with our lives, what he wants us to say and wants us to speak, and also how to reject those voices that come our way that are not of him. Okay? This is going to be happening even more and more. As I see indications of, of even, and I guess some people won't like to hear, to hear this even, but, but, but um, as I see more and more indication of things in quote-unquote the church, so loosening, where certain things are becoming so acceptable, where it's okay to do this, it's okay to do that. I'm sorry, but if the word of God doesn't tell me I can do this, or if the word of God doesn't say that I should hear this or do that, then that's not where I'm going. Amen. Amen. Because he is the ultimate authority. Amen. Praise God. I pray this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.